This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, cheese, So many dudes. Every little dude All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help Help But But Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex and the city and how it relates to us. Jamie Lee. Hi, girl. Hi. Before we jump in, may I say something? Oh, my God. I would love it. I would love it and I would need it. I believe (laughs) that... I'm not sure if it was the episode before, the one before that, but mm-hmm. I believe that we sort of like encouraged our listeners to give us good reviews. And I just read like four or five good new <gasps> ones. I just want to say thank you guys. It's really not only does it help the pod, but it helps my literal happiness index. Yeah. So no, it really thanks for is. Doing that. Yeah. We really appreciate it because, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's like we're obviously talking to each other and it's like a recorded conversation, but it's kind of in a vacuum. So it's really nice to be like, oh, yeah, you guys are listening to this. Like, yeah, people like are shocking. out there. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's like at the end of Titanic when she's like <laughs> blowing the whistle. I'm like, hello, somebody save me. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you guys. It's also really nice because we get like, six really nice ones in a row and then we'll get one that's like what the fuck is this yeah <laughs> it's, it's like uh really yeah. aggro yeah you know honestly though like it's you know it keeps us in check because if we got too many nice ones i mean boy would our egos be through we the couldn't roof get through you the know? Damn door no 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 we, we we couldn't we couldn't fit in our house i could barely fit my head in my little hazmat suit that there I you go to go to the clubs. there you go um yeah. Oh, we also said at the end of last podcast, which I'm kind of like that we're doing shopkeeping up top here. I'm going to roll with it. Yeah. If you have a friend, this is to the listeners. If you have a friend or friends who like Sex in the City, who like enjoyed the show, tell them about the podcast. Like word of mouth really, really helps. And it's free. And, you know, just feels good to spread the word. Also, I don't know about you, Jamie, Amanda Lee and you, Skylar. What's your middle name? Garrett. Garrett? Yes. Skylar Garrett Hanrath. But I have to say, these days, I am just loving anything that doesn't have to do with anything that's going on right now. Oh, And this podcast yeah. is a nice break. It really is. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's like if it's, you know, not election related or you know, just overwhelming news related. It can be, uh, yes, exactly. It's just kind of a nice, um, little break. So take me out of the, take, take my life, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, so that's that Rose, who were you this week? I think this week I was a Samantha. Okay. Because I had a little stint back at my own place and I, You know, I've been recuperating at my mom's house and healing at my mom's house for a long time. And she's what we would casually call a classic hypochondriac. So I am not allowed to go into any stores or any grocery or go into anywhere and then come back into this house, which are the rules here. Fine. Happy to respect it. She's, you know, you got to respect people's homes, whatever, especially your aging parents. But then I went back to my own place and literally just Mm -hmm. like walking into grocery stores. And I live in Los Feliz and the Lassens. Velasquez is basically like 
They serve uh, cold cuts and hot Hot treats. There's some hot guys in that Lassen's. There Maybe are some hot guys at Lassen's. It might be that I've literally only seen my mom and my dog for like seven and a half months. But I walked in there and I was like, whoo, I was literally like lowering my glasses like Samantha. Also, for anyone who doesn't live in Los Angeles or more specifically the east side of Los Angeles, um, Lassen's is a very tiny, mm-hmm. organic grocery store. And when I say tiny, I mean, it's shocking it was even open during the pandemic. The aisles are so narrow, like only my left thigh fits in them. Like It's they like are, only two COVIDs can fit per it's aisle. It's truly the most like intimate, squishy yeah. grocery store. Mm-hmm. So that also might compound like the hotness because you are literally on top of each other in there. All I know is that like in the 90s before online dating, people actually met at the grocery store. Which, which, seems is a, in- which makes a lot of sense to me. Well, honestly, at a grocery store, like glasses, I mean, yeah, I can see it because you're just like keep bumping into each other. Also, somebody in my down the hall in my apartment building, they're a full couple and he hit on her at Vaughn's and he paid for her groceries behind her. Oh, my God. He thought That's she was so cute. Hot. So we like was like, I'll take care of these two. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll get your pre cut up watermelon <laughs> in a plastic with juices sort of Extra swishing in the bottom. trash bags and some sausage. There you go. Me. Jamie, who are you this week, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, um, thank you for asking. I'm happy to share. Uh, This week, I was a bit of a carry. I felt like a little fluttery, flittering (laughs) social butterfly because I hung out with a group of people at a restaurant outdoors. Um, Yeah. So I went to this place called Moon Shadows in Malibu and it's mostly outdoors. It's sort of like a fish and steak type restaurant, but it's right on the water. And the reason it's called Moon Shadows is like at night, you really do see the shadow of the moon on the ocean from the back of this restaurant. And it's really beautiful. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, during non pandemic times, it's, um, like a nightclub, but right now they're just making it a restaurant, which I prefer. I'm not looking to like rage out, um, by the seashore. (laughs) It's not really my vibe. Um, so yeah, we just like went with a group. I've kind of been in a bit of a pod during the quarantine, and yeah, we just all went and it was really Was this your fun. same Sedona pod? Different pod. I'm, I'm part of two different pods, which I don't know if I'm allowed to be, but I it's have fine. been live, live at this it. point. Yeah. I mean, we're always like really safe and socially distanced and stuff. But um, yeah, so this is kind of my my one of two pods. And uh, yeah, it was just a blast. Like, I honestly, this is so lame. So the only reservation we could get was at 815, which I don't know about you. I eat dinner at like 6 p.m. Like no, I'm a total is cool time for like it social. is so cool. I was like, I'm sorry. Am I European? Like, am I in <laughs> France? Like, like am how, how am I going to wait to eat till 815? That's like what like cool teenagers. do. <laughs> so but uh, we got there at 815 and we stayed out until like midnight. And I have not done that in so long. The next day I didn't have a sip of alcohol. The next day I was like hung over just from time. Like just from staying up like late because I guess I'm a dork and I don't do that ever. Um, I'm getting I was like, like a flush of endorphins just hearing about you being in a fun social group. Can you even? That sounds incredible. I mean, I was like, yeah, I just felt I felt like Carrie. I was like, I have a plan. I'm hanging out like That's I'm so staying fun. out late. I mean, late, you know, in quotes, but. Were yeah. there beautiful people nearby? Was it a scene? Well, that was kind of the the awesome thing about it is that there, the scene element of restaurants, at least in my very limited experience, is kind of gone because you can't talk to other tables. So like it feels it feels really special. It feels really personal. It's like we took our like you rented this whole restaurant. Yes, it felt like we rented the restaurant. Exactly. Because you kind of just stay in your little area unless you get up to go to the bathroom. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, you're just kind of like in your little zone. So it was really cool. I didn't even notice other tables. I mean, there were definitely other people there, but the way the restaurants laid out, it was so spaced out. I didn't even really get a good glimpse of anybody else. But yeah, it was a blast. And like we had a a long table and like we did the thing where like, oh, if you were sitting on one end too long, you move to the other end and talk to other people. Like it was just a great group. It was. And it was just randomly on a fucking Wednesday. It just so happened that that's when we went. And yeah, it was just a real change of pace for me. I'm liking it. You seem happy. 
Yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun. And also now, because traffic is like not a thing anymore, we got to Malibu in like 30 minutes. It's amazing. It was crazy. Anyways. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear little glimpses of life, you know? That's what I'm saying. It was just a little pop. Of course, you know, today I'm back to like, you know, who knows what I'm going to be watching on the couch tonight. Um, Pen 15 season yeah, two, pro- Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I heard with Pen 15 that they only put out, like there is more Pen 15 that they just had to change their um, release schedule because of COVID. So I don't think it's just a seven episode season. I was like, why did I just watch so few episodes? I know, I know. Yeah, it was really confusing. So yeah, any Pen15 fans out there, that was the rumor that I heard, that there's more coming. good to know. Um, Okay, well, let's talk about this show, this little show called Sex and the City. Ever heard of it? A Sex and the City podcast, in case anyone was like, what am I listening to? That's what it is. Um, So we're starting today with season five, episode five. It's called Plus One is the Loneliest Number. Rose, get us into it. I will with, I'm going to start it off with a hair comment because I'm going to chop my hair really short. You are? Yeah. And I'm really excited about it. This and is I have huge. To say, it's going to, I'm like very excited. How short are we talking? Chin. Little French Chin. Bob. Little French Bob. Got it. Um, and she, Carrie has the shortest hair I've ever seen her in this episode. Mm-hmm. And when it's smoothed out, I think it looks horrible. And when it's curled up, I think it looks amazing. It looks so cute, curly. Yeah, I think so. I just had to say that. Yeah. So She's the great episode hair. kicks off with Carrie, Anthony, and Samantha in planning mode. Carrie's book is about to come out, and they're throwing a splashy launch party to celebrate. Miranda, meanwhile, is getting back to work. On her first day back in the office after having Brady, she gets a call from Walker Lewis, her last pre-Brady hookup. He wants to see her, so Miranda invites him to tag along to the launch. Charlotte is also getting back in the dating swing. After lunch with Justin Anderson III, a tall blonde guy, they kiss outside her apartment. It goes great until her stuffy neighbor interrupts. She is not a fan, and Justin heads back to work. Later, Carrie catches up with her publisher. She's very excited about the book, but she might be even more excited about the party. She's hoping to meet someone. A second later, Carrie does. Jack Berger, a writer who happened to be swinging by the office. He and Carrie hit it off and share some McDonald's in a park. They talk first book jitters and his habit of picking up playing cards he finds on the street. It goes so well that Carrie invites him to her book launch party as her plus one. He'd love to go, but his girlfriend might not be so into it. It was like a bomb that just kept exploding. I have a girlfriend. We live together. This whole flirtation's in your head. He should have mentioned her earlier. But not too early. I hate it when men do that. I have a girlfriend. Calm down. I just asked if that seat was taken. That guy's a jerk. Thing is, I don't think he is. I sparked with this person. I never spark. She sparks constantly. I wonder how I know, you spark every episode. (laughs) This is not a good sight of me. Seriously, what's the point of meeting someone like that if they're not available? It's the universe telling you they're still out there. Maybe it's the universe telling you all the good ones are taken. I'm telling you all the good ones are coming to the party. (laughs) (laughs) What do you look like? I can't remember. Which is what happens when I really like someone. I just remember a feeling. Or he was a dating mirage. I was so hungry for a spark, I hallucinated a man. Stop! You're the toast of the town! Finish your salad, and I'll treat you to a little mani-pedi Botox. I like how you say that. Like, everybody does it. Everybody will. I think I'd rather just crawl into bed. Oh, honey, a little perspective. You have a fun, exciting, intellectually stimulating career, and there's about to be a huge soiree thrown in your honor. Yes, and I'll be without a plus one. I'll be your plus one. Coffee? He should have said, we something. We go to the dry cleaners. We might be breaking up soon. I love that scene. Me too. I love this episode. I feel it's like I've kind episode. of been down on the fifth season a little bit, a little meh about it, and I'm back. I am so into this episode. It's so fun and colorful and lively and great. I agree. I also think that Samantha is just such a great friend. The fact that when someone's down, a friend would say, do you want to get a mani-pedi and Botox? And it's like, bitch, yes, of course I do. 
Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. And also, yeah. Botox is so expensive. If someone was like, I'll pay for your Botox. I'd be like, I love you. I mean, <laughs> I what a great you forever. friend. Let's just be <laughs> honest about what matters in friendship. It's offering your friends like $400 skin treatments. Yes. Oh, God, That's how you know I need love. to, I need to upgrade. I need to get a Samantha. Yeah, Sorry, Rose. <laughs> Sorry, Rose. Bye. Wait. This, I found this other woman. We have nothing in common, but, but she pays for my rich. Botox. So I have to prioritize. Rich. I mean, honestly, if you did that, because I love you, I would be happy for you. I feel like you would understand. Like, we would miss each other, but you would get it. I would be like, oh, my God, Jamie. I'm, like, in the hospital having a baby. And you're like, oh, my God. I got a late free laser treatment. I would be like, honestly, do it. Go. Do it. Go. Just go. I'll have this another one later. going to rip out of my chotch Exactly. Um, um, also, it's so funny. Manny Petty Botox is like, it's like, like, Samantha, where do you go where they offer all three of those services at oh, once? gross. That's disgusting. It's so gross. It's like a I was terrible like, nail Also, salon. it made me think that maybe, like, I know that was kind of a joke to be like Manny Petty Botox, like just to tag Botox on the end of that. But I was like, oh, maybe there actually like is a place that one of the writers went and it was like oh, gross, underground yes. and you could just get like super cheap Botox on the sly. It's weird. Anyway, enough about Botox. Um... Have, let's talk about the spark with burger. What do you think? First of all, I'm really excited about this episode because I have not seen Sex and the City that many times. I don't remember what happened. Obviously, you know, whatever. I don't want to say any mm-hmm. spoilers, but I don't remember what happens with this guy. I don't mm. remember where the storyline goes. I just remember this actor. And I actually, I don't know where it goes. So I could be saying something that I'll regret later. But automatically between him, Big and Aiden, this is much more my type of guy. Totally. Like I feel like that's why they put him in. He's kind of like the genius, he's cool like hipster, and smart and funny. Yeah. Little, he's just little, so much like, more appealing. A, a little tortured. Like the other two were a little too well adjusted. Oh, this guy hates himself. Yeah, this guy <laughs> hates himself. That's why I think he's hot. Yeah, and also I just like bookish guys. Like the other guys were so totally. corny. They were like little Fabios. Yeah. No. I. I th- well, this guy. I mean, I wonder how they talked about it in the writers' room. But I feel like with this, they kind of made a male. Carrie like he's funny he's cooler than Carrie he's a writer yeah 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 for sure but I feel like I wonder if that's how they pitched him because I've actually always felt that Berger I just wonder I just want to know what goes I wish I was a fly on the wall in the writer's room because like with Aiden it's like so clear it's like okay he's kind of a hippie he's really earthy he's big is like your classic like like toxic masculinity, Wall Street guy, not in touch with his emotions, totally like an avoidant, all those things. And then it's like Burger's kind of just like the dude you think you want to be with. He's, he's a like, hipster kind of, I think. Yeah, he's like an artist, you know, writer. He's funny. Um, he's down to yeah, earth. He's funny. Yeah, he eats McDonald's in the park. He can hang. Like he's kind of the way Carrie is a little bit. Like I think that this is kind of her fantasy guy. I, you know, I don't want to talk about where it goes, but it feels like she's kind of met her match a little bit. I do have to say, um, I notoriously am like, I hate New York. I'm over New York. But watching this episode really made me miss New York. Same. Because just like meeting somebody and then being like, hey, do you want to just like go on Ugh. a walk? And then you end up in a park and then you go with someone to their drive. And like, it's really honestly oh what happens. God. And it's so wonderful. I, I'm I'm having like a visceral reaction to that because it is so true. It is the kind of so special quote unquote date or whatever you want to call it. Occurrence, magical occurrence you can have with a person. And you're like, oh, like your your whole day can pivot in New York. Like you can it's literally really be special. like, oh, I was going to go. You know, I was going to go right in a coffee shop and I was going to go whatever. I have some errands to run. And it's like, oh, well, your whole day could change because you're going to interact with so many people throughout the day that maybe one of them will sort of change the course of your whole plan. And yeah, it just I want in my 20s, I went on this incredible date with this dude that it was like probably the best date I ever went on. And it was just, we went to dinner and then we just kept hanging out. Like after dinner, we went to get a drink. After we got a drink, we went for a walk. After we went for a walk, we got another drink. Like it just kind of kept unraveling. And yeah, I'm like, oh, that's just something I haven't done in a really long time. That's like a really special sort of like New York single gal thing that happens. A hundred percent. You're just making me remember this amazing date I had with this guy where he took me to this incredible Japanese sake bar and restaurant in the East Village. And it was like mm. underground and like mm-hmm. everyone there was Japanese. I know that place. Like Japanese Decibel. radio or something. It was it, was was it Decibel? 
Do you yeah, remember? Was, yeah, I was like ninth and something. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Decibel. It was really it cool. And we like got super drunk and had this great meal. And then we walked to Battery City Park and then we climbed a tree and like made out in a tree. <gasps> it was just like a blast. You made out in a tree? I mean, as you're saying, it's just a re- New York is an amazing place to date and fall in love. Oh, my God. You made out in a tree. Yeah. My first the date ever in college. The logistics was, of that alone. Yeah. I went to UC Santa Cruz, which is a hippie college, and all of the dating there was like, do you want to climb a tree and smoke pot and then somehow not fall off the tree? <laughs> that was like so much tree action. Oh, my God. I, yeah. I went to UCSC, too, and uh, the number of times you would be pitched a special tree to Just go stop. hang out in. Guys, yeah, there, you're no, blowing my mind right tree. now. Yeah, I don't mean to like go deep on UCSC stuff, but like there are a bunch that are special and it's really goofy. Like, Guys, this is so funny. That is so the craziest shit I've ever heard. Also, that there are there special guy, trees. I'm dying. Also, there was a kid in my grade named Goat who didn't wear shoes and like lived in the woods. Like he wouldn't rent a dorm and he just like lived out in the woods. And I'm like, I bet Goat like his parents are like lawyers in Santa Monica, but that's fine. I bet. Oh, I bet he like, he's a venture capitalist now. He's like succession. Yeah, um, definitely. Have he you probably like ex- started Twitter? He's probably yeah. Jack. What's his face? Exactly. Jack Dorsey. Yeah. Dorsey. <laughs> okay. Um, question to the crowd here. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever been talking to somebody and really hitting it off? And then like literally two hours later or like a week later, you find out there was someone and you're like, are you fucking serious? That they, sorry, that they had a girlfriend, you mean? Yeah, that they don't tell you and you're like, they're completely being like, let's do this and let's do that. And you're like, that, yeah, I, egg on my uh, face, how dare you? Like, My version of that is not necessarily that they have a girlfriend, but it's like something, it's like they just like, their fiance just dumped them. Or like, it's always like a weird sort of rebound time where I'm like, oh, you're, uh, the energy I'm picking up on is like, you're trying to move on and find happiness. I just happen right. to be intersecting with you at this time. So it comes off as, wow, what a spark. Cause on my end it is, but on their end, they're just like, look, I'm doing it. I'm going through the motions. I'm getting back out there. Or they probably like you, but they're like, Oh, how long have you been single? Uh, two, Literally two and a half hours, I guess. Four hours. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's traumatic. I've had a million of that, but I've definitely had things where one thing I always, some, some female friend of mine gave me good advice a long time ago. Cause I remember once I like multiple times I would like meet someone and really hit it off and be like, God, am I crazy? Like that was really something like, why didn't they call me? Why didn't they ask for my number? Why didn't this become a thing? And a friend was always like, it's either because they're with somebody or they just got back to their ex. And then like years later or whatever, I would find out that they totally were. And so it was always very Mm -hmm. validating to be like, if someone's not asking you out, but you have a spark, they have a girlfriend they're not telling you about. Also, a lot of people who have girlfriends, I think, do emotional cheating all the time Just to like to get their rocks off. The mix. Yeah, absolutely. I so definitely, I definitely was in a situation where I was like, "Oh, I really like, I like flirt with this guy a lot." And like, it turns out he just had a girlfriend the whole time, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, it's like bizarre. you're the worst boyfriend. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it depends on how how deep the flirting goes. Like, I definitely I can't think of a story that's coming to mind, but I've definitely been in Carrie's position where I'm like a guy's like, let's. Oh, my God. I think oh, this is a, this is the hard thing about sex and dating stories is because I'm almost sure that I repeated this. So I'm really sorry. But like that happened to me. I can think of a specific example, which is where somebody asked me out. We went to a bar and I we made a plan and we went out on like a Friday night and a couple days before I caught him at like a brunch place like having brunch with a girl and at the bar I was like oh was that like your best friend or your female friend and he literally just said no that's my girlfriend and I was like why are we at a bar right now and I was just like my I I was absolutely astounded he still follows me to Instagram to this day and I just like was like I'm leaving and then he sent me a text the next day he's like so sorry I threw that all at you at once I'm like, well, that's not it either. It's, <laughs> it's it's not the throwing it at me at once. No. It's the making me your mistress and assuming I'd be fine with it. Yes. What is there? Sh- it's that there shouldn't have been anything to throw. Like, no. Yeah. Like throwing People nothing. You shouldn't throw anything at me. You're taken. What are you yeah. doing? So weird. I think it's like maybe people have been in a relationship for 15 years and they're bored and they're like, oh, my God, somebody's flirting with me. That's so exciting. But you just have to don't fuck with people's emotions if they're excited about you. 
Yeah. I mean, with burger, the like eating fast food on a bench. And so it's just like, you know what you're doing. I'm sorry. That's rude, honestly. You you guys are cut from the same cloth. You know that that's like a cutesy little like New York moment. You're a writer. She's a writer. You both, you you know what you're doing. Also. And frankly, I'm pissed. Also, I'm pissed too. And I have to say, if you're heterosexual and you're an attractive guy and you're an attractive girl and you're flirting and then you take it to a second location and then you ask to keep hanging out. It is. You, out of respect, you need to drop the, it is so fucking easy to be like, yeah, we totally love that restaurant and just like make it so clear. Yeah, you just have to make it clear. Because then he made her look like an idiot. Like I will say, whenever someone like declares their relationship status, it, it I will in defense of Burger just briefly, it always does feel aggressive. Like what Samantha said is when she was like, oh, yeah, like I just asked if the seat was taken. You don't have to tell me if a girlfriend. There is a little bit of that. Like, I know, obviously, the right thing to do is declare. I'm not saying that's not the move. It is the move. But I understand how it feels. It feels shoehorned. It Unless it really does organically come up. But it, unless it organically comes up, I think that it does feel kind of like we, you know, it's a little like, hey, bitch, I'm taken. Like, it does read that way. It does. There, I, I yeah, uh, I would. Is, I'm still saying say it, but I think it can. This is the thing. I, I think it feels like in your face a little. I think you don't need to say it if you're not flirting. If you're not flirting, that's you don't my need point. To say it. But exactly. if you are exactly. getting a vibe that somebody likes you, I think it's a kind thing to do, even if you have to shoehorn it. If nobody's, if, if you're just shooting the shit and it's like super platonic, I don't think you need to make a big thing. But if you can tell somebody's crushing, it's just the nice thing to do, you know? Yeah, no, it's 100%. It's the right thing to do. It always does just feel a little like jabby. I think it's fine. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Burger, he crossed a line. He was enjoying, he liked Carrie, thought he was, she thought, he thought she was cute and he was enjoying himself and he didn't want the good time to end. Yeah. Well, also we kind of, I don't know. I get such an insecure vibe from him. Like he really needs that outside validation. I think, I don't think he's getting it from his relationship, quite frankly. Also like in his acting, he did a lot of miming typing. He did it more than once. And I was like, I get it. You're a writer. I've never mimed typing. (laughs) I thought that was so wild. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Did you catch that, Skylar? Yeah, because he does it at least twice. And like, it was too much. Yeah, and even, I mean, I don't know that many published novelists. So I was like, maybe it's like this no. particular. But I know, that's the thing. I was like, there aren't, that's that's crap. Like, come like on, what are we doing here? pulled him aside and was like, you're a writer. Just really feel that. And yeah, just, like, just. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, it's not reading to the audience that you like to write. So Make please sure to indicate type out what you're saying as you say yeah. it. They made him like take a mime class to prepare <laughs> yeah. for the role. Like, They're really like we really s- got to get you to work on your object work. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um okay, so here we go. Samantha heads in for Botox. Just as he's about to inject her, her doctor notices some new wrinkles and pitches a chemical peel. Samantha takes him up on it, but it's not a great move. She immediately scares a child with her beet red face on the street. I actually love like cheap gags like that. Me too. I was like, <laughs> alone. Loved it. Um, later, Carrie heads to lunch when Enid, the editor she did not get along with at Vogue, walks in. They're both alone, so they awkwardly agree to be alone together for lunch. Enid can expense it that way. Carrie struggles to get any kind of conversation going until finally Enid breaks down and shows her human side. The reason that she's eating lunch in this spot is because the guy she's seeing lives in this neighborhood. But, she tells Carrie, they're not exclusive. He's seeing someone else and Enid seems okay with that. For her, having it all is complicated. And she basically tells Carrie her job is so intense. She doesn't really have time for a full-time guy. So having a half-time guy is actually exactly what the doctor ordered. I love that. Well, we can expand on that later, but I love the notion of like, part-time things that are supposed to be full-time. Well, like, can I ask, did guy, you think that part-time she was kid. really, do you think she was really like, I was having a hard time reading her in that scene. Like I couldn't tell if she really was convincing. I Carrie. felt like, well, that was the thing. I, I agree with you. I wish that she seemed a little more, I wish she had taken onus a little bit 
um, of the situation, then like, yeah, this is what works for me. But instead it was a little like, yeah, no, I swear. I like it. No, I like it. I like that he has another girlfriend across the park or whatever. You're just like, oh, she's bummed out about it. That was the vibe I got. Yeah. Yeah. But I wish that she had owned it. I wish she was like, this is the situation that works for me. I also have other guys. Like she wasn't being a Samantha about it. She was being a Carrie Charlotte about it. Yes, exactly. Total Charlotte about it. Yeah, she's definitely not into it because, I mean, we'll, we'll get there, but then she has that run-in with him while he is out with the other woman at right. the book launch. And she, like, freaks out and, like, gets pissed at Carrie. It's a whole thing. The thing that I, I like about it as a choice is that there is something nice about sort of boasting that you can handle it. And then when it actually comes to life, you see him out with another woman you, you know, you, you, you do realize like, oh yeah, it is nice to like be monogamous. You know, it, it's like you can, you can talk a big game, but then sometimes you realize, oh yeah, I actually am quite traditional. Yeah. I definitely had a friend who was lying to herself about being able to handle something like that, who talked yeah. a big game. But I, I do have to say that like, even though I definitely really enjoyed this episode, I still think, and I think it's okay. I think that in great TV shows, different seasons have different vibes, I do think season five, even in this episode, still has a lingering vibe of cynicism, jadedness, and bitterness. Mm-hmm, and definitely. I honestly think it's part of why I really like the show, because in except for like the last couple of episodes of the show, mostly they're not getting what they want and they're very frustrated. And this whole episode is about like being lonely and like Carrie being like, oh my God, this editor of Vogue is who I want to be. She's powerful. She's older than me. She's rich. She must be having it all figured out. And she's kind of also lonely. And Miranda's lonely. And, you know, Charlotte's kind of lonely. It's And I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's like there's still this lingering discontent, I, bet, I think. Yeah, I think that's there, a great point. Yeah, go ahead, Sky. Yeah, there's even this reflection in like, the, obviously this episode is all like pegged around uh, this book party, but like, the book is also not really Carrie's vision. Like it's a collection of her writings from before. Like she didn't really have that much editorial say so over it. Like it's nobody's getting, people are getting things that look a little bit like what they want, but they're not in the exact way that they want them. Really good assessment. Yeah. That's really astute. Also, I, I I don't think I even realized it. Well, I've watched the show a bunch, but I I don't think I realized it in earlier um, viewings of this episode. But it is also interesting how like everyone's kind of on top in their careers in this episode. And it's sort of like when they feel the loneliest. Oh, my God. That's Um, such a good. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. James. It's true, right? That's really interesting. Because like Enid's. Well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go, go. No, no, no. Go. What I'm thinking, Jamie, is and tell me if you can relate to this or or if you got what you guys think about this hypothesis is maybe when you get something that you want and you finally achieve it, it kind of highlights the other things you don't have as fucked up as that is. Does that make sense? I think that's not fucked up. I think that makes total sense. Well, and it's also like, you know, you hear your whole life. You're like, well, you got to sacrifice for that. You got to sacrifice. It's like, well, I mean, in a way, I guess, you know, it could be argued that, that like Carrie and Enid types, they sacrifice having a family or having all these, you know, cause they want to focus on their career and they want to focus on like going out and all these things. And it's, it's just interesting. It really, it brings up the whole notion of like women having it all. And, um, I, obviously I come from a camp of believing that women can have it all. Um, I know that's a shocking <laughs> take from me, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting I, to see. That's it's interesting to see it come to fruition. Really? I certainly, I certainly think that's part of it, but I also think that, um, there's something we said about like the whole like uh, um, like man's reach exceeding his grasps sort of thing. Like everyone is sort of getting what they want on paper, but That's it's not looking precisely as they yes. kind of hoped and imagined it. Would. Right. Which I think right. is real and true. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And so I, I think that that's a particular sort of disappointment where it's like you get you've gotten what you wanted, but it's not exactly looking like you imagined it to be. And that's disappointing in, in a way. Right, right. It's like, yeah, it's shattering their expectations a little bit. Because mm-hmm. it's like Carrie definitely has always wanted to be a published, well, she is a published author, but she definitely wanted to be, have a book. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it is, uh, it's interesting to kind of have this, like, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to kind of mm-hmm. feel about the whole thing. Well, I think, I don't know if it was you or Skylar that brought it up, either one about like, 
it's kind of interesting that this whole episode is about her launching a book. And in real life, I mean, Jamie's published a book. I've had career things that are exciting. And it's like, in real life, even if I had had a disappointment with men around that time, if you do really complete a huge project, there's definitely a part of your brain that's still operating on thinking of other things. But I felt like there was like almost zero absorption of how big of a deal this was. And there was like zero joy from any of this for her. That is so true, Rose. Totally. Also, yeah, that's totally true. I mean, I I feel like that's how... That yeah, I, I, I definitely. Well, I I will say like when I put out my book, I, I didn't really. Yeah, I it's so funny because all I could think like my whole childhood, like I was always like, I just want to write a book like it really was a thing wow. that I always wanted to do. And then when I did it, it, it was not I don't think writing a book is like a joyful experience. I think it's really hard. It takes a lot of time. It's not even like quality time. It's a lot of like I mean, a lot of it. I, I think I might have said this before, but like a lot of it is just um, like hitting word count and stuff. It's like so, getting to deadlines. And yes, stuff. exactly. It's so it's so deadline driven and it's so like quantity over quality a lot of it yeah it's not as glamorous um, as it seems yeah for an so it's just kind of like yeah, and it's a lot of it's so much work so you're just kind of like you're a little more depleted than you are that joyful um but also my book was like about how hard it was to plan my wedding and um it was truly like inherently a very hard time in my life so writing about a hard time you're like oh I'm just like kind of reliving this a little bit did you have a book party that you were excited about like did you have a bash I didn't have a bash I did a little tour um a little stand-up tour where I was selling the book and that was kind of it I I did a couple of like readings at different places um, yeah, that was pretty much it. I really just wanted to do like a little stand up book tour. Um, and well, it's interesting hearing your perspective because maybe it is one of these things where it's like, I think in so many cases, like I think about this is a such a tangent, but I follow Miranda July on Instagram. Sure. And she just released a movie that actually looks really cool. Called it Good. does. It looks cool. It looks amazing. But it's like, what a weird time to release a movie. Who knows if anyone's even going to see it. And it's like she worked so hard on this thing. And now I feel like instead of a bang, it's just like a. Oh, 100 percent. I think about that with anything that came out during this time. Right. And I think even if it's not during this time, even if you do have a big, fabulous bash like Carrie does, I think with creative pursuits, we always think that like and I think they're all worth pursuing and they're deeply fulfilling. But I think the party and the celebration always feels emptier than you think it will. Yes. And I also think that um, it, it's kind of actually like a nice reminder that we really do what we do because we love yes. the process yes. because then that stuff as as great as it is to stop and like take a moment and be like, wow, I did the thing. That's not why you do it. Yeah. Like, it's really not like it's to connect to yourself and say something. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, oh, this actually isn't the part that I find the most joy in like obviously it's fun to see people you love and stuff but in general in Carrie's case especially like having this like big fancy party it's kind of how I felt with my wedding um which is I think a lot of people feel that way about their weddings like just get this fucking shit over well a little like yeah because what no one tells you about a, a wedding and same for like a big gorgeous event like that it's like yeah but you like when you go to your wedding it's you've been to a wedding before. Like, yes, it's yours. And yes, it's really special. And yes, but you're like, I'm still at a wedding. It's not like I'm at a thing I've never experienced before. Like, I think that's sort of similar for the Carrie book launch thing. It's like, you've been to the big crowded, fancy, you know, two story Tao or, you know, whatever club insert club there. Like you've been to these before. Yes, you are the center of this one, but it doesn't really change the experience that much. It, it seems like it should, but it doesn't. Hmm. At least that's how I feel. I'm sure. <laughs> Come at me, bro. I'm sure other people I mean, would just disagree. Going to weddings and like just knowing how human beings are and how families are and how hard a family is to even get along within its own unit and then adding a whole nother family. I I just can imagine wanting to elope is all I can say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think that, yeah, eloping makes a lot of sense. I get it. All right. So jumping back in, 
Over at Charlotte's, she and Justin have a nice hookup. He stays the night, and in the morning, she orders breakfast. When she hears a knock and heads to get it, she gets a rude surprise. Bunny. Bunny's heard all about Charlotte's hookups through the co-op board, and she cannot let them go on. Charlotte and Trey are still technically married. The only thing that sucks about Charlotte and Trey breaking up is Bunny is such an amazing character. She's such a great Agreed. villain. I think that's why they like try to get her back in this season. She's so fucking good. Women over 60 are like so having a moment in acting right now. And I'm so happy about it. Me too. So after Justin has a mild freak out about the marriage news, Charlotte calls Carrie. She's having the locks changed and Anthony is now officially her plus one. Carrie jumps onto a call with Stanford, who can't wait to rub Anthony's nose in his gorgeous new boyfriend, Marcus, at the launch. And Samantha calls, too. Her chemical peel isn't healed, and she's not sure she can make it to the party. Psychotic. I know. I love that. Carrie insists, but she ends up wishing she hadn't. There she was, my plus one, minus one layer of skin. Hi, I've had a chemical peel. I'm Carrie's publicist. separate the two thoughts chemical peel carries publicist why did you do this it was an impulse purchase no, no, gum is an impulse purchase <laughs> this is more than gum i wanted to be super fresh for the party well you are you look like beef carpaccio fail down i think no yeah. if you knew how many dinner parties i've sat through across from one of these and you were able to eat carrie i'm entitled to a chemical peel wait wait no 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 was good. Women shouldn't have to hide in the shadows because they've had cosmetic surgery, which society nearly demands of them. Wear a ribbon and make that political statement elsewhere. This is my party and you're scaring people. Carrie. Oh, hi. <gasps> I've had a chemical peel. And she's not afraid to say it. When I had my nose job, I stayed in for a month. <laughs> I mean, I oh, love man. Samantha. She's just kind of I like... Also... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I just love that... Um... I love that they acknowledged that society demands this of us. I was like, thank God. Yes, like, thank says God it. they got a little like a little jab at the patriarchy in this very funny, very farcical scene. I feel like this I feel like this show and Fleabag both does a good job um, reflecting my complicated relationship with the patriarchy and my looks. And my internalized ageism because it's like they definitely poke fun of it and say how fucked up it is. But then they still get the the procedures, which is exactly the life I'm living right now. Oh, yeah. Where I'm like, yeah, it sucks. It's horrible. But also, yep. Give it to me twice. Yeah. No, that's I mean, that's exactly how I feel. I'm always like, I this is disgusting. I can't believe I'm doing this. And then I'm like, yeah, but I'm doing it. Yeah, I feel (laughs) that way when I like I mean, I've. I've sort of let my looks go a little bit and I'll catch up with them when I'm better. But I like will catch a look at myself and my wrinkles are back because I haven't really done Botox. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm not wearing makeup and my I'm a little frazzed. And I'm actually like quite excited about Project Glow Up. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to feel great. I think it will. You'll do like the slightest thing and you're going to be like the new me. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I was just going to say that, you know... The chemical peel of it all, um, I I have never had, I don't know what kind she got, but I've never, I've never, I had a like very light laser. I think it's called clear and brilliant. It's How like the it? most minimal one you can do. And did you it notice? Makes you, no, it doesn't look like that. Like it doesn't look like did your you, face is falling did off. Did you notice better skin? A little bit. Yeah. Because you're, you're, what ends up happening is that the top layer of your skin ends up kind of like. I don't know how to describe it. It's basically peeling. Yeah, it peels, but not not significantly, but it does peel off. So underneath it's like soft, but it was fine. I think the more aggressive one is Fraxel, but I hear that hurts. So I kind of have been resistant to trying it, but it's supposed to be great. Yeah, I can't do chemical peels because I have really sensitive skin. Like if I get a facial, I can't even, I have to tell them like, give me like the all natural products because even just like simple like acidic stuff really burns me. Yeah. So, oh my God. I just remembered when I was in sixth grade, I'll never forget this. I had such terrible issues with acne, like from time I was in sixth grade till like I was 28. Um, and 
Yeah, really, really bad. And so in the sixth grade, I was really trying to figure out like, I will do anything to get this to stop. And so my dermatologist prescribed Retin-A cream. And I didn't realize that you're supposed to use like a teeny, teeny, teeny amount. And then avoid the sun like three days. Yeah. So I used like a more normal amount and my face, that was when my face looked like Samantha's. I went to school and I remember my English teacher pulling me aside and being like, are you okay? Is somebody hurting you at home? Yeah. No, I mean, I well, yeah, she was definitely like, you look rough. Like it's distracting. So yeah, I have pulled a Samantha. I just happened to be 11 years old when it happened. (laughs) Oh yeah. When I was doing my hair stuff, my PRP with my hair, Remember yeah. when I got that crazy scalp shit into my head? Yeah. Did you see G. Charles Rogers I posting about it? I about it. We talked about it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I did it in the middle of a work day and then I had to go back to work and my hair oh my was like a, like a frizzy, bloody, like I just had to put like a weird scarf oh. on top of it. I looked very Grey Gardens. Um, yeah, that I, when I saw Charles doing it, I was like, oh my God, that looks, that's what Rose had to do. That's like, why I looked, didn't go back. It, yeah, you can't. I mean, when I saw it with my own eyes, I was like, oh, my God, I can't no believe she went through meds. that. So hard. I know. So hard. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Well, let's jump back in. Take us in, girl. So upstairs at the book lunch party, Stanford shows off Marcus to Anthony, but Anthony could care less. Miranda and Walker, meanwhile, make out behind a pillar It's going great, but she has to do it. She has to tell him about Brady. After Miranda confirms that Brady isn't Walker's, they head back to her place to hook up on her couch. Unfortunately, Brady wakes up halfway through and really puts a damper on the mood. Miranda yelling, mommy's coming, mommy's coming, isn't Walker's thing. And so, yeah, they're done. Miranda does, however, end up connecting with the little guy, Brady, for real, for maybe the first time afterward, which is sweet. I loved that moment. It was really sweet. It's a really interesting little, like, plot. Um, it's a really interesting, like, B story or whatever, because um, I really would, like, hope that our single mothers can weigh in or single fathers can weigh in in the DMs. Because was it is it really something that you would lie to it's just I guess they did it in the movie in the tv show Smilf in the first episode it just feels like lying about having a baby seems um but I don't know I don't know are people so judgmental that like if you actually want to have sex you have to lie because otherwise they're gonna bust I mean oh yeah any parents out there like, tell us let us let us know because that's a really good question seems Rose. extreme but at the same time I'm maybe it, people do it because they're just like people are gonna tell me that they yeah you know, yeah, maybe it's just easier to omit because it's a whole thing to explain like, well, we're not married and, you know, but we're friends yeah. and we share the baby. Like, yeah, it would definitely. Fails. Sorry, I would definitely change. Like, I don't really go home with people I don't know. But like if someone was like, yeah, there's going to be like a sleeping baby. It might like give me pause a little. Yeah. They also have gone to kind of extreme lengths this season. And I think it's we've already made this point a couple of times. I, I think it really owes to. I think Rose, you in particular, make the point where most of the writers like are like without kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this season, now that Miranda has Brady, they have really gone to kind of extreme lengths to not have her with Brady that often, which is always which is kind of surprising to me. I wonder if it was like a focus group thing where they were like, we got to keep the girls so. single. Who knows? I think the vibe of the writers are just like, we're not really kids people. And I mean, Miranda's whole thing is that she has this kid, but like she barely acknowledges it and is like so embarrassed to be a mom. There are, I will say, I have these two friends um, who had a baby. I think he's maybe three now, four. Um, But they, since he was born, I literally would forget they had a kid. Like they Mm -hmm. are so, and now it's different. Like I'll go over there and it's like, oh, he's, He's playing and he's interacting with you and he's so sweet and smart and cool. But like when he when it was when he was a baby, I mean, I, I just remember like making plans with them wasn't hard. The you know, it wasn't like, like oh, they're like, baby, like, we'll be back in two hours. It was Don't just get like into the, anything crazy. It, it literally was like they were the most flexible new parents hmm. I had ever. I didn't even know it could exist. And then I was like, oh, well, they seem to be just kind of. You know, not much has changed. They just have a baby. It was really interesting because I feel like most of my friends, like when they have a new baby, like, you know, yeah, it's like, like bye. 
you're getting pictures. Yeah, you're getting pictures. Their schedule changes, rightfully so. But it was just so funny. Like Dan and I would talk about it all the time. We're like, oh my God, it's like they don't even have a baby. Maybe they just- <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. So funny. Yeah. So funny. Anyways. Well, back at the party, Carrie and Enid have one more little check-in. And afterwards, Carrie heads downstairs where she spots him. Burger? He came oh after God. all. Mmm, twist. And he came without his girlfriend. Mmm. He's impressed by the whole elaborate bash, which obviously he inserts as much self-deprecating humor as he can. But they still can't quite connect. And he ends up wandering off. And Carrie catches up with Samantha and Charlotte at the bar. She signs off on Samantha ducking out given the chemical peel situation. And she and Charlotte talk about Burger. I had to let him go, correct? Just wish he told me right up front. The thing is, there's some things people don't admit because they just don't like the way it sounds. Like, I'm getting divorced. I'm lonely. I am. The loneliness is palpable. Why didn't you tell me you invited Cliff? Cliff who? Cliff, Cliff, my Cliff. And he's with her. That's him? Cliff Bracken from Primetime Sports? Don't make a scene. Is this her side of town? We're below Houston. East side, west side. Who the hell knows down here? I am so angry. As it turns out, even the most together woman can't keep it together when it comes to love. Who was that? My role model. Because just below the surface, we're all raw and exposed. Yeah. I really thought that was a nice ending to this show. Me too. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it's kind of nice. It's not depressing. It's just kind of like everyone is doing the best they can and, Mm -hmm. and, you know... I thought that was a really beautiful moment. After after this scene, um, Carrie, so it kind of ends in this way where it's like, like we were talking about earlier, it's like, you know, you think your, your book launch party is going to be this amazing event. And it's like, oh, you're like watching people, like you're watching Stanford try to make Anthony jealous. And like, you know, your publicist shows up and she had a chemical peel. And, you know, this woman you used to look up to turns out that she's pretty fragile and she's, you know, dealing with like jealousy issues with her guy. It's just so interesting. And then the way the episode culminates where the woman who drives her home in the town car, they stop and get hot dogs because the woman was like, you wrote a book like that's fucking cool. You wrote a book to me. That was like such a relatable moment. Like I haven't had someone drive me in a town car and buy me hot dogs, but I have had those moments where like someone kind of like in your life who just like pops in, who's not like a friend or anything will say to you like, Whoa, that's really cool that you did that. And you're like, Oh yeah, it is cool that I did that. Like it takes someone who's not close to you remind. Yeah. Total outsider reminding you like, no, like you accomplished something. Like, don't be down. And I loved the way this episode ended. I loved the celebratory hot dogs. Me too. And I thought it was really sweet and realistic and really New York. So ma- realistic. And very New York magic-y that he gave her the hot dogs for free. That feels real to me. Me too. And I just, that is what it takes. Like, I could totally see myself being at a thing that should, like, I don't know, some kind of work thing that should be so exciting that I got dressed up for. And it's like, yeah, but like getting the in and out on the way home is like the part that really feels exciting. Like just eating that burger on your way home. And I agree with you that 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 end beat is really important because like, I think all people are hard on themselves. And I think women have an extra layer. I don't think that men are easy on themselves, but I think that there's extra pressure on women to be perfect at all times from our looks to our careers, to the way we're supposed to mother. And I think that, that it has some really negative consequences, which is even when something great happens, we're just like, okay, well that might be great, but I still don't have this. And that's really hard. And I know, I know it's really easy to do that, but I think it's really important that all of us like small or big celebrate our wins because we should be proud of ourselves. And you know, we can, you can always focus on what you don't have. You can always list things you don't have, but it's much better for your mental health and your, and your state of happiness to think about what you do have. Because if you really do think about that, like, unless you're, 
in a really bad spot, there's probably quite a bit to be thankful for. Yeah. And also, I think that women, this this ties to our appearance and also the way we are emotionally. We're always like applauded for not being full of ourselves. It's like, you know what I mean? She's like, so shy. Like, you, she's so humble. Yeah. Like, oh, she, she doesn't even know how, like the, even in songs, it's always like, you don't know how beautiful you are. It's always like this thing where you're not allowed to like admit things about yourself to yourself or something. And I think that happens in career as well, where you're like, oh, I wouldn't want to seem full of myself by like patting myself on the back for achieving this thing. Like it all, it's just all like dumb yourself down, like make yourself quiet, minimize yourself, don't get in the way. Like it all ties back to how women are always kind of like crouching down and not taking up space and, you know, trying not to make anyone feel bad or intimidate anyone. Like it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. And I think that that's, it, it goes to show like that's sort of what's going on with Carrie here. Like she can't just let herself feel proud until the very end when someone's like, Hey, wake up. Like you wrote a book. That's fucking huge. And she's like, yeah, you're right. That is huge. Like, why, why have I not been able to celebrate that for myself? Why did it require someone else telling me that it's an accomplishment? Like, it's like the woman who, um, who says that's a big deal to Carrie. Like it's like it gave Carrie permission. Like without that, she would have been like, Oh no, 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 no. Like I can't possibly like feel like a big shot for five seconds like that's just unappealing it's interesting it's unbecoming of a woman to do yeah that's really I completely agree and when you were talking you made me think about like even just the images you see of men being big shots like you know uh, big even the term big shot yeah like cigar in their like, mouth holding some like really expensive yep. whiskey posing for pictures being like I'm the fucking man and and like you know at a guy's launch he's gonna be standing at the top of the stairs with cigar being like fuck yeah like it, yeah, and then he's gonna like go like give a speech behind a podium. Yeah, and it's kind of it's. It, I think this is. I think talking this episode out is almost just like a pep talk for ourselves because yes. this is so fucking relatable. Whether it's that you got promoted at work or you got a raise or you got a new job or you solved something you wanted to solve or you mastered some kind of craft, like can we just all do our hardest to be like a like an iota proud of ourselves? Can we just try that? Because it's so fucking hard. And it's the fact that this is like the, a career high for her. And she's depressed the entire episode that she doesn't have totally. a date. The entire episode she's depressed. I know. It's really I interesting. Know. I think it's really real. I think it's really smart, actually. Yeah, me too. Me too. Kick us to the end of the sec- question of the yeah, episode. Yeah, so, yeah, just to wrap it up. Um, so after Carrie gets the celebratory hot dogs with her driver, the episode closes with Carrie spotting one more playing card in the street. Maybe her and Berger could work out. And that brings us to the question of the episode. In New York, they say you're always looking for a job, a boyfriend, or an apartment. So let's say you have two out of three and they're fabulous. Why do we let the one thing we don't have affect how we feel about all the things we do have? Why does one minus a plus one feel like it adds up to zero? Okay, I have two hypotheses, two to three. Okay. Number one, because you're a woman and no matter what you achieve, everyone's asking if you're married and if you have kids. And number two, because a lot of us have scarcity mentality where we literally are blind to all of our blessings and all we see is comparing ourselves to others, which is why my 10 hour Instagram spirals are not necessarily hashtag useful. (laughs) I also think that, um, I think that as women, we take on the discomfort of other people, um, and the way they view us. Like, I think that a lot of other people, I'll rephrase. I think that generally society worries about women like, you know, oh, I hope she's okay. I hope she, you know, you know, little, little frail, little thing. Like, I hope she can handle it. And that's why, like, we have to build out our worlds with, you know, children and a man. And, you know, we're not complete. We're not finished. We're not a finished product. We have to be added to, to seem whole to the rest of the world. And I think that we as women get nervous because we know how society views us 
And even if we're okay, if we're fine, like, yeah, sure. I feel a little lonely sometimes, whatever. But for the most part, like you're okay. Everyone's okay standing on their own two feet. And yeah, you might want more and want a relationship and want all these things, but you actually are okay. Like fundamentally you are enough. And it's just interesting how knowing what society thinks of us, we start to assume that just because we're like, oh, well, that's how everyone's viewing me. So I might as well just sort of adhere to it because it's there. And it's like, I agree with that. Why can't we all just go like, yeah, some people have kids. Some people don't have kids. Some people have boyfriends. Some people don't have boyfriends. Some people are married. Some people are not married. Sometimes people are married. Then they're not married. Some people are not married. Then they get married. Like, you know what I mean? Everyone fucking chill. Nothing defines you. Like, oh, that's so good. I love that. It's just true. Like, I've thought about this a lot, especially like with the Enid character. I totally relate to that because there are some people like that I follow on Instagram who are just like super successful. They don't have a husband. They don't have kids. But like, man, what a career, you know, and they have such full lives and they have friends over all the time. And you're just like, damn, they're really doing it. Like, you know, they're doing it the way they want to do it. And it's just so interesting because it's like that's just as valid to me as anything else or even you know what, like whatever your path is, just choose it. Because if someone's uncomfortable with it, it's their own shit. It has truly nothing to do with you. I think another thing that's really tough is like this woman is her mentor and now she's seeing what's really kind of going on. And she's like, oh, this woman seems super lonely. And I think the truth is whether someone's married with five kids and their Instagram is a bunch of pictures of that, or if they're like, I'm a boss ass bitch. The truth is you literally never know how somebody is feeling unless you're their best friend. Like, So it doesn't even, you know, who even knows, even people that are like, I'm so happy. I'm so satisfied. Who fucking knows, you know? Right. No, you don't know. And also it could change. Like, that's another thing is like, you know, you like, again, I keep referring to this Glennon Doyle book, Untamed, but it's so interesting because it's like, well, she started out married with kids and then she became single or no, actually, sorry. No. Yeah. Because that happened. Oh, so she's married with kids. Then she met her now wife and ended up, you know, getting married to her and then had to merge their families. And like now she co-parents with her ex. It's just like life is just always changing. So whatever your standards are right now, just follow them because they could it could all change. You know, know it could change on a dime. That is actually kind of a relief, because when you think about what's happening right now and I don't want to get into it, but it's nice to know that things are always changing. And Always. That's nice to know, I think. It is. I agree. It's a nice reminder. Um, okay, cool. So now we are doing our final segment. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? I got a good one. Okay. Okay. I'm horny for um, a hate watch on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That you can watch with your friends and watch it on Netflix Party Comb and make fun of it. It's a, I watched it with a bunch of comedy writer friends and we just told jokes the whole time. It's a movie called Tall Girl. Hmm. And it's about a girl who's 6'1 and therefore oh, her yeah. life is a fucking nightmare. Even though she's like a tall, blonde, beautiful, rich white girl with like really loving parents and like a great group of friends. It is the funniest movie I've ever seen on accident. And if you. Like actually funny no, or bad funny? Terrible terrible okay yeah it's like literally like shocking um and so that's a really fun watch if you like to watch movies like the room yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's your the room oh my god that's so funny like sassy friends or friends that like love to like just like read read something to filth this is a fun one Oh my God. You just reminded me of a movie just like that. And I can't remember what it's called. It's called. So I can't do my horny for about it. Um, okay. Are you horny for, Jamalini's? Yeah. I feel like I kind of got into this band lately. Um, Aerosmith? They're called, yeah, they're called Aerosmith. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. The sweetest um, people never do. That's it. What if I'm, I, I mean, I, it's not that I'm not horny for Aerosmith. Like, please. Um, no, I, I, this band, they're called Hippocampus, like hippo, like the animal, and then campus, like a college campus, like, like your brain, two separate like your words. Campus. Yes, but then they made it like cutesy, mm. you know, for the band. So it's Hippocampus, okay. gotcha. like a school full of hippos. I'm into it. Um, yeah, and yeah, they're they're good. I like them. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a deep horny for, but it is a horny. I am. Is horny it more like it. you're like a little wet and there's some tingles? Yeah, I'm. Yes, there's yes. A little bit of that cooling lube that everyone seems to love. 
Just a little bit of that. Just a splash. Yeah, all of a sudden you're aware of your secondary sex characteristics. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they are really good. That's, and that's a good feeling. I did a little Spotify playlist and I was like, I like this band. Okay. So yeah, that is my horny four and that is our episode. And thank you so much, guys, for listening. We love you. We love you. Love you, Jamies. Love you. Bye. Okay, bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.